right now, if you follow the weather, you know that it's hurricane season. And there's already a, there's a, the tropical storm right now, tropical storm beta in the Gulf. Uh, I guess they ran out of names, so they're now in the Greek alphabet. Uh, but you may not know that there is another hurricane that has been spotted. It may or may not be on your radars yet, and it is most certainly going to make landfall here in the United States. It is going to most likely be a Cat 5, and uh, it is called the 2020 presidential campaign election. <laughs> so it's going to come, as you know, uh, whether we evacuate or not. It's going to come, and it's going to bring with it a lot of stormy seas, tumultuous winds, and a climate around us that could even be dangerous. Now, I'm not speaking so much physically as what I am speaking spiritually, culturally, that we know that in the, the political climate that is there now and in most election years, there's a lot of tension. Well, all of the priests today, we got together and we decided, let's go ahead and do our election homily for this election year. It's ahead of the presidential debate, and so we thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about how we, as Christian disciples, participate in faithful citizenship and also faithful discipleship. That as good Americans, we want to be able to discern, choose, and do what is good and right and best for our country. But also, as faithful disciples who follow the commandment of Jesus to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, we also desire to be faithful disciples in the midst of this election year. Okay, well in order to do this, I wanna bounce off two of the readings today, two phrases. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about different ways in which we can be involved during the next couple of months. The first verse is from the prophet Isaiah, who says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Well, if this is true in Isaiah's time, it's true in, in every time as well. And so one of the first things that we do as faithful citizens and faithful disciples is to form our conscience. That's the first one. Now the second, I'm going to go off of the passage from Seduct Your Letter to the Philippians. And he says at the end, conduct yourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. So in any year, in any time of the year, in any political climate that there is, we are called to be salt of the earth and light to the world. Which means that when Christians look to us, when the world looks to us, we should radiate Christ to one another that no matter what the climate is, someone looks at us and sees this person lives differently. And the way we handle even difficult situations 
points to the person of Jesus Christ. We give witness. And in this way, we're conducting our life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, his mercy, his unconditional love, and the gift of salvation for the forgiveness of sins. Okay, so let's go back to that first one. That the first step that we can do is to form our conscience. Now, I'm sure you, you might be thinking, I hope that he tells us who to vote for, right? Just kind of tell me, Father. But guess what? I'm not going to do that. Here's why. Because the Catholic Church venerates your free will. We are each created in the image and likeness of God. And the church cannot take away your responsibility to form your conscience as best as you can. And so what do you form your conscience in? Well, in, as a Catholic voter, you have to learn from the framework of Catholic social teaching that we receive truth through the teachings of Jesus Christ in sacred scripture and in sacred tradition. The Catholic Church then presents to us various principles that affect the dignity of human life as well as issues of justice and peace. You must also form your conscience and discern the integrity, philosophy, and the performance of the candidates. It's important to see beyond party politics, to analyze critically campaign rhetoric, and to choose political leaders according to principle, not so much party affiliation or self-interest. So to follow your conscience is that part of your intellect which is able to discern right from wrong, is be able to establish for yourself the good and then to direct your will to choose it. Now, when I say follow your conscience, I don't mean what sometimes some people will say, oh, just as long as you follow your conscience. But what they're kind of somewhat saying is, just do the best you want and do what you want. Well, you have to follow a well-formed conscience. And it is a moral responsibility, even when that formation may be difficult and requires some work, to do so with diligence, with study, and with prayerful discernment. And so, to follow one's conscience is not to just seek one's own preference or self-interest, but rather is to ground itself on truth. Natural truth and moral truth and divine truth. The task of the Christian as a faithful citizen is to not only analyze facts and issues, but to unite one's heart and mind with that of God the Father. This is the greatest commandment, to love God with your whole heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And so the task of forming your conscience 
is a vital one to be able to align yourself as a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ that is seeking his way. Okay, well, how do you do that? Well, the church offers some resources. I'm going to share with you two that I've run across recently. The church has a document in the United States called The Forming of Conscience for Faithful Citizenship. And it's put out by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. You're able to go to the USCCB website and all of the bishops of the United States who know the particular issues that are relevant for this year's campaign have discussed the moral principles that we hold within our Catholic social teaching and is being able to highlight those particular issues in areas of concern. So I invite you to look up the USCCB website. You could just Google Faithful Citizenship 2020 and you're going to find a very good, readable guide. It doesn't tell you how to vote, but it will hold and present before you the principles that are Christian principles that we receive from the teachings of Christ and of the church. Another resource is that of the Florida bishops. In an individual state, all the bishops of Florida got together and put together a chart. At the top, it has Donald Trump's head and Joe Biden's head. And then below, there are all the various issues that are important to us. Issues with regard to human life and abortion, family, religious liberty, racial justice, also with regard to immigration, the economy, care for the poor. All of these issues that we hold as important as Catholics are listed. And then there are some different highlights there to indicate how a particular candidate stands on one side or the other and speaks to those various issues. It's important for us to always highlight for ourselves that the Catholic Church is also going to be most especially vocal in her intervention with regard to the principles, with regard to the dignity of the human person and the protecting of human life, and especially those who are most innocent with regard to the unborn. This is because the unborn, in particular, when we take their life through an act of abortion, it is an intrinsically evil act. It's the direct taking of a human's life. And so no one can ever vote for any candidate in the particular instance of choosing that position. One could perhaps discern to vote for that candidate, but it couldn't be because they're pro-choice. One would have to have proportionate reason to believe that the common good of that candidate outweighs that of the other. And so this also indicates for us that not all principles are weighed equally that we have to be able to look at all of the various issues, all of the records of performance, their integrity of character, and with prayerful discernment, do the best we can to form our conscience and then act according to that conscience in how we vote. Okay, now let's go to the next part, which is conduct yourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. 
Maybe you've had conversations already in which, whew, have gotten heated and it's made you feel uncomfortable. And it's like you want to be able to get your point across, but the person you're talking to that disagrees with you, they also want to get their point across as well. You can tell in your own heart that this is important to you. And it's probably indicated by how the other person is speaking that it's important to them too. How is it that you can walk on the other side of November 3rd as one whose soul is still intact? That is, are there certain things that are necessary to make a survival plan? To be able to guard yourself against the various provocations of this time of the year, of an election year in particular. So let's discuss some of those things. The first is to be able to pray with regard to your faithful citizenship and how you're going to vote. And even pray for the candidates, even the candidate that you don't think you're going to go for. So Jesus teaches us to love one another as he has loved us. And he didn't make a caveat that said, well, that's only for Republicans or Democrats. He even said, love your enemies. And it's not to say that someone of a different po political affiliation is an enemy. Sometimes maybe we can feel it's heated like, like that. Jesus calls us to love and to pray. So I invite you to pray for the political candidates of either side and to pray for those you might disagree with. This will help you to always have your heart united to that of Jesus. Secondly, with regard to the conversations that you might have, remember that when someone looks at us, they should see Jesus Christ. So even how you have a political conversation is important. Jesus says we have to be as innocent as lambs and cunning as wolves. What does that mean? Not that you're seeking out prey, but it means that you are clever. And it means that you are respectful. And it means that when others look at us, we should be answering questions, participating in civil dialogue in ways that stand out, that are different. That someone looks at us and says, this individual is a different kind of citizen. And if we had more citizens like that one, this country would be in better shape. And so I invite you to consider how you are in conversation with others. Have a plan ahead of time to practice the virtues you need the most. Maybe those virtues are patience or respect or Respectful listening, pausing to allow the person to be heard, even if you disagree with them. These types of actions show care for the other person. Okay, now another thing that can provoke us is the media, say the media in particular. In the modern era, you might even say that the mode in which media has kind of adapted to function, that it does so in order to provoke emotional response, that in many ways they get more viewership or more listening 
when emotions are aroused. Those can be emotions of anger or emotions of fear. And so it may be good for us as Christians to have an emotional pulse that we take of ourselves while we are listening to the news or participating in social media. You might find yourself, heart going while you're watching something on TV or your blood pressure going up, your blood beginning to boil. Well, what is the virtue that you need? Maybe we need to put some plywood on our windows to prevent the debris from coming inside, from harming our soul, for being a occasion of sin that causes breakage within our ability to love. It may mean that we have to choose to fast or abstain certain days in order to have a good balance, health of mind, right judgment, peaceful demeanor, and the ability to love the other person and not fall into the sin of wrath or be overcome by fear. There is still time. The election is in November. Now is the time for us as faithful citizens and faithful disciples to put together a survival plan, to be ready for the winds that are gonna blow, to take the time to form your conscience carefully, thoughtfully, and prayerfully, and to prepare your soul with every virtue you will be like Jesus walking on the water in the midst of a storm. You will be able to walk because you are walking like Jesus. And with him, all things are possible. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gigum.